Hello and welcome to Fancy a Brother podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty Taylor. Yeah. And let's just kick straight into this episode. Can't believe I've basically been doing this for two months now. Unreal. Madness. So we will start off this week with my small wonder of the week. So if you're new to the podcast, the small wonder of the week is just something that I've noticed within the last week. that I've come to appreciate a little bit more, paid a little bit more attention to, or perhaps um, sometimes it's something bigger, but this week it's, I don't know, it's kind of small. So this week, my small wonder happened or occurred to me, light bulb moment, yesterday at my friend's house, who visiting my friend, sorry, who's currently living with her grandparents, whilst I'm listening to her granddad. And I was just so, so interested and just um by his storytelling and yeah and just by the way that he tells stories so actively and engagingly so my small wonder of the week is storytellers and I don't mean like that weird tv show when we were kids called storytellers I don't know if I know that was called story makers never mind I don't know if anyone else remembers that but it was pretty weird show it was like how did the theme tune go story makers story makers oh I'm so sorry that was probably horrendously out of tune not a singer clearly just a podcaster um yeah that's such a weird childhood flashback anyway so I just love people who are good storytellers though who just can tell you a story and keep it interesting and engaging and also just have a good sense of humor and are just enjoy to talk to so yeah, so inspired by my friend's granddad, that is my small wonder of the week. And everyone needs more story- storytellers in their life, as far as I'm concerned. So we will kick off now into what I'm engaging with. So what I'm engaging with this week is a little bit different than usual. I feel like I've said that a couple of times now. I just like that I've used this term, what I'm engaging with, but really you can engage with anything in the world. So it is very open to lots of different doors and avenues so this week what I'm engaging with is myself a pen and a blank page I think recently we've all kind of hauled ourselves into this need to be busy every second of the day although we're working from home we should be doing things all the time and we're missing our summer if we're not doing things and put like an intense pressure on ourselves especially I know at the start of everything that's going on right now um up to like publish a book and to write a novel and all that and then other people are like no don't do that and I think it's just about doing what works for you and having a balance but I definitely think more recently I've felt pressured to be performing and putting out more content and doing more than I'm currently doing and I've just instead I've just hit the pause button hit the rewind a little bit a little bit and just kind of got back into my writing and been like why do you write and end game is of course I want people to read it and yes I would love for it to be published but I don't write for the publishers I write for me and I write because it's therapeutic for me and I write because I enjoy writing um yeah and a piece of advice my dad gave we gave me was um that writing makes you happy so you should write and publishing would be nice so it can be a cult, a goal but not a necessity which I think is interesting because it was becoming a bit like 
of a necessity. I think cause there's only so many rejection emails from different competitions that one person could take, especially in the middle of a world pandemic. So yeah, so I'm just engaging with my pen in a blank page, whether that's poetry, whether that's fictional, or whether that's just like journaling, diary writing, whatever you want to call it, um, varies. But that is what I'm doing this week. So I encourage you all to take a moment to yourself. If you don't write, doodle, paint, just have a creative moment and just let yourself feel relaxed for a little while. So as this week is about reading in general, books, reading, literature, need to come up with a title that sounds a little bit catchier than that but yeah um I thought we'd find a, a poem all about reading for our poem of the week so this is an old poem an old classic so they say um by Emily Dickinson and it's called there is no frigate like a book I'm also not sure if I'm pronouncing frigate frigate I think it's frigate right so apologies if I'm pronouncing it wrong It'd be a bit embarrassing because this is my one and only language but wouldn't be the first time would it so here you go there is no frigate like a book there is no frigate like a book to take us lands away nor any coursers like a page of prancing poetry this traverse may the purest take without oppressive toll how frugal is the chariot that bears a human soul. Yeah, so that's just a little short poem this week for you. And then again, it's called There Is No Frigate Like a Book by Emily Dickinson. And as you guys all know by now, I'm sure, or you folk, all you folks know by now, trying to be more gender inclusive in the terms I use, um, you can find all links and things like that in the show notes for pretty much anything I'm talking about. Apart from maybe like my weird childhood memories. Like I don't think I'll have a link to story makers, but you never know. So yeah, let's hop into the main episode. Hi folks, so Kirsty just dropping in for our charity spot of the week. Those of you that are new to the podcast every week, instead of having ads in the podcast, I highlight a charity and then I do a little Instagram post about it. Normally at the weekend following the podcast so that you know more about the charity. So this week's charity is the children's literature. Oh my goodness, the children's literacy charity, and you can check them out at the children's literacy charity.org.uk, which I'll have in the show notes. So just a little bit about the children's literacy charity. Their vision is to close the literacy gap for all disadvantaged children, enabling them to achieve their true potential. And they have loads of really cool initiatives right now they've got a home learning page which is incredible of course with everything going on right now and you can support them by giving donations being a trust and a foundation having a corporate partnership with them fundraising naturally all these things um, and or you can work with them you can be a tutor for them work for them in, in general in a job or of course be a volunteer They've got volunteer stories on there and loads of cool things. And they've got community stories and things to do with schools and how they get involved with schools. And I just think it's a really cool charity. And of course, literacy is so important for everyone and can have such a profound impact on your life. So, yeah, check them out. I, I will have more about them on our Instagram. But as I said before, their website is thechildrensliteracycharity.org.uk. Yeah, so 
Now let's get back to the main episode. So as I said earlier on in the episode, this week's episode is going to be all about reading, literature, books, libraries a little bit. It's mainly going to be about books, novel type of books, fiction I suppose. Um, Obviously I read poetry and I write poetry but I want to kind of do a different episode at some point all about poetry. I still feel like I'm trying to work out the poetry world and find my favourite poems and my favourite poets and my favourite poetry collections, books etc as poetry is something I've only more recently dived into, delved into even and um, I also want to improve my reading collection and my ability to remember what I'm reading and things like that so I'm going to start note taking when I'm reading and things like that again and writing down books I've read and what I thought of them etc so then episodes like this will become a little bit more comprehensive in the future which is exciting because today was a bit difficult I was literally going through old Instagram posts to try and remember books that I've read in the past that I actually enjoyed but I just weren't coming to mind at the current moment and I'm currently visiting my flat in Edinburgh again nobody else lives here so that's fine um, I just needed some space and I don't have anything here really apart from one particular book that I'm reading just now so yeah it was an interesting time so before we hop into how I fell for reading and like the literature world kind of and and I guess how I ended up studying English literature at university if any of you are interested in that story if you're not feel free to skip a little bit that's totally fair enough I get it and um, before we hop into that big announcement if you follow us on Instagram which is at fancy bladder then you will already know but if you don't check us out on Instagram we will be posting something on our website soon sorry guys I'm just all over the place at the moment we're starting a book club fancy bladder book club I'm going to come up with a better name for it than that but so every what is it what did I say every last episode of the month so for instance what this episode is so the last Thursday of the month the episode will be an episode a book club episode rather than a regular episode to be fair my episodes kind of change all the time as to whether they're solo or guests anyway so this is going to be a monthly feature of focusing on a particular book. Hopefully we can get an interview of some description with authors sometimes, which would be really cool. And I really want to make it a collaborative thing. So I'd really love to get you guys to record something and come on the podcast or even just record a little thing to on the podcast what you thought about the book um, and ask answer a few questions or maybe we can do some mini interviews with you I really want it to become like a community like a giving and taking thing rather than just me talking all the time so that's some little ideas we have I'm not really sure how it's all going to work out I'm trying to work out all the bits and bobs and of course Naomi will probably be involved in some way through small talk I'm sure we'll find a way to do something to do with the book that week on small talk which is our episode on a Wednesday in the morning I'm going to say it's going to be up at 9am every week because last week we did 8am that was a real struggle for, for me. Um, and if you haven't listened to this week's episode, check that out. It's out now, went up yesterday and it's about what we would make uh, the eighth wonder of the world. Pretty interesting. So yeah, so book club, um, read along with us for our book of August. We have picked our book for August and the book is called 
Where the Crawdads Sing by Delilah Owens and to be involved in helping to choose the book. For other months, you need to follow us on Instagram. Maybe we'll set up something on our website as well. Or we do polls and ask books that you think we should make our book of the month. So check that out. And we're always looking for new authors and new people to read. So yeah, now that the announcement is done, I guess we'll just hop into the main segment of the episode. So I guess we will just start off, I'm sorry, I keep saying I guess, just start off with how I got into reading, I suppose, in general, and then how I ended up studying literature. Reading in general, I feel like I've always been a bit of a reader. I think that's something I always did. I remember always being underneath my cabin bed when I was a little bit older, reading books. And even when I was younger than that, my dad was a big storyteller. And I think that got me really interested in stories in general. My dad used to, I'm very blessed to have very wonderful dad. I also have a wonderful mum, but the story is about my dad, um, who used to tell us stories every night. We had two different series. My brother and I, my younger brother and I, it's just two of us in the family, um, would read, would sit on the bottom bunk and listen to my dad tell these stories. And he had a series called Snotty and Grotty about these troublesome kids who were probably partially based on us really rather rude but it's fine comedical stories that he'd tell and he'd tell a different a different part every night I suppose and then the (laughs) the other one was called what was it called Uncle Ponku was what he named it and that um was my brother's favorite and Uncle Ponku was just a I don't even know what Uncle Ponko was, like whether it was an animal or what, that lived in the wild and had a black stallion. And obviously my brother's quite into, not obviously, but my brother so happens to be into fighting and things like that. So they were normally action style stories, I suppose, that my dad would tell from his head. So that is what got me into stories. And then I just kind of got into Katie Morag was a big thing in my childhood I loved reading Katie Morag and I don't know just kind of happened from there I guess and now we're here so how I got into English literature I had rather different experience of going to uni not going to uni of getting into uni than others but actually I think everyone's story is more different than we realize it's not it's not what am I trying to say it's actually more common for not to be that you go straight out of high school and you go to uni and then you graduate in four years and then you get a job blah 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 that is actually not as realistic as we all like to think it is so I what happened so I I kind of I'll I'll try and keep it short when I tell a story normally it's quite long but I'm sure we can we can trim it down I'll try my best so I applied to university at the same time as everyone else in presumably sixth year of high school in Scotland that's your final year of high school S6 and did UCAS the whole jazz and applied for some very random degrees three completely random like very different degrees so Celtic studies at Edinburgh Uni which um is basically it's Gaelic and Scottish history which is actually still sounds very interesting to me um what else did I apply for I applied also to 
fashion management at RGU, Robert Gordon University. And then also, I think I also applied to primary teaching at Aberdeen University. Kind of funny how that went full circle, that one. So yeah, and I had a conditional offer from all three of those. I also had two rejections, but I don't even remember who they were or what they were for. So obviously at this point in my life, I wasn't very sure what I wanted to do with my life, quite evidently. So I ended up that my condition was, my condition was a B, I think. And in sixth year, I was only taking one higher, which was drama. So I needed a B in drama, but I was also taking an advanced higher, which could have counted. And I'm not going to get into it. Long story short, I didn't get the B. It was fair. There's lots of different things that happened that year. But again, keeping a long story short. So yeah, didn't get in. was kind of like, what do I do with my life? Had one of those film-esque moments that I like to think of um, when, I, <laughs> when I imagine my life as a film. And um, went for a run, I think, down to a very loved rock. Of my, that I is in a woods. That's just, that sounds so weird. You're probably like this girl's so got issues. You wouldn't be wrong. Um, in a woods near my house, and um, sat at the rock and realised, huh, I don't. I could really find myself being interested in English, and um, so actually, the reason that I found the course that I did is kind of the most bizarre thing. So. I wanted to study acting and acting was always my goal for a while um, and I'd applied to a conservatoire but I didn't get in, I auditioned and I didn't get in um, which is most people's experiences, it's a very difficult university to get into and I was looking for another course in Scotland that had acting which was a real struggle, that wasn't college because I don't know for some reason I was very set on just getting a degree and found this degree called English and Acting at Edinburgh Napier and then found out that they weren't running it that year so the one year out of all the years because they have run it since they did run it before so they just did one year where they didn't run it was that particular year so they had a course called English and Film and to be honest I kind of thought it was going to be more practical film than it was it was very much a theory course so I enrolled myself in English and film and then found out while watching High School Musical in France because I was on my gap year at this point that I was accepted to Edinburgh Napier University to study English and film and here we are I guess five years later and a little bit more probably and I'm sitting here with a bachelor a BA degree in honours and in honours a bachelor honours degree in English and film so yeah, it's wild how that happens. Very weird how the world works, but I just fell completely and utterly in love with my degree. Um, first year, not so so much, because it's just, I wanted to be focusing on certain aspects that we weren't. First year was very much about learning about the canon. If you don't know what the canon is, I'll try and find a link for you to read more about that. But essentially the canon is canonical works, which is, um books that people have or authors that people have decided are 
like superior, I guess, is like how I like to think of it, or are, are the classics, shall we say. And the canon is very pro problematic and not very diverse. Obviously, more recently it is, but still it's just like very problematic and reading in books and who's good, who's the best and who writes the best books and which books are the best is very subjective. So to have a um, honorary works, it just doesn't really work. So, um, but in order to break the canon, and to reject that idea and to reject the many of the books that are in it and the author's ideologies that are in it, you first have to read them because you cannot disagree with something that you don't even know what it's about. So that is why we had to learn about the canon in first year. And as much as I can say it wasn't really, the canon was basically just dead white guys at this point. Um, it wasn't the most enjoyable first year. It was worth it because then now I'm more knowledgeable on on that subject. Um, so yeah, when we started getting into more specific things and choosing modules and things like that, I just fell completely in love with the course and was really interested in analysing books and literature and the importance of literature and the importance of words and the importance of books and blah 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 and I'm still really interested in that I could geek out about that all day to be honest and um, I'm actually keen to keep being involved in academia in some way related to literature for a long time in the future because it's just something that I'm really interested in I was one of those odd people who actually I wasn't incredible at my de degree but I actually enjoyed writing quite a few of the essays I wrote because I just loved the researching and things like that. I just find it all very interesting, obviously for the ones that were interesting to me, so not every book. So yeah, that was a long-winded short story, supposedly, of um, how it ended up with this degree. So I guess we'll just talk about a couple of different things. I've just got like a whole array of notes here. So the first thing, I want to touch on is why books matter. I think that's a very interesting thing. I just truly believe that everyone can benefit from reading, everyone can benefit from books and if somebody says they don't like reading they just haven't found the right book yet and maybe that's like a little bit unfair of me to say but that's just how I feel about it. But I do know my dad's not a big reader, but I just can't like phantom the idea of not being a big reader. And I think books are so important because they take you into another world without the need of plugging something in or um, or traveling somewhere or doing something. They They allow you to, I suppose sometimes they allow you to escape your reality in a way books are about escapism but I also think that books can be obviously about realism and I think also books can teach you things about your own life that you didn't realize and can make you more aware of the world surrounding you which I think is very important and I think yeah they can just have a profound impact on your life and one of the best things about books is that the images that you imagine besides of course the illustrations are your images they're your take on it and I think I also as problematic sometimes as it can be that books are subjective in certain situations I also think that's what makes it so great I love that 
one person can read a book and get something completely different from it than another person and that's just so interesting for me and I know that that is true of films and things like that as well but I feel like it's it's more obvious with books than anything else and I love that and I books obviously have a long history in the world and I just think they're great <laughs> I don't really know what else to say I want to see something like really profound and intelligent and my microphone just fell over sorry um I want to say something really profound and intelligent but it's not happening for me at 12.53 this morning. Is that technically still? I guess that's technically the afternoon on this rainy day in Edinburgh. I just can't think of the words to say about why books matter so much. But I just think that literacy, of course, is also something that's so important. Reading is something we do so much in our daily lives that we're not even aware half the time that we are reading. And I also think that I'm very lucky to come from, I don't know if lucky is the right word. I'm very grateful to, I suppose I am lucky, but I'm very grateful to have come from a family that has enough, has is um, in a good financial position most of the time and went to a pretty good school and had a I've had a very privileged life is essentially what I'm trying to say in a weird way um and I'm very lucky that I've always had the opportunity to read books and to read and to write and I've ha- had parents who are able to help me with that and I've literacy has been important for my family and important for them and I think that we have to remember that not everyone can afford books and that's not all parents priorities and that's fair enough given the world we live in, which very naturally, look at me go, segues into my next thing that I want to talk about a little bit. Libraries. Let's talk about libraries. I love a library. I love a library so much that when I go on holiday somewhere, I visit their libraries. I have to go to their public libraries. I have to see what they're like even if they don't have any books in my language, I just have to go to be like, wow, look at this stunning library. That is how much I love libraries. And libraries are so, so incredibly important for so many reasons that I struggle to even know where to start. I could do, I don't even know, maybe a month's worth of episodes talking about why libraries matter so much. Sorry, I just dropped my notebook. Um, But I just think, It's very nice to be in a position where you don't have to depend on a library. But libraries do so much for so many people that we don't even realise it. And I find it really interesting. I did a poll on my Instagram, on my personal Instagram, of how many people use libraries. And out of all the people that replied... 54% said they do use libraries and 46% said they didn't, which is quite a split number. Um, And there's nothing wrong with not using a library, but I just feel like, but I feel like if I was to change that question and say, do you think libraries matter? That hopefully the answer would be yes, 100%. But I just think libraries are such an incredible way, particularly if economically you can't always afford to buy a new book. I really love that 
<clears throat> sorry, I really love that libraries allow you to try out new genres and new authors and new books without committing yourself. This is, of course, me talking about libraries from a privileged standpoint for a second. And um, I really like doing that because it's very easy, especially as a literature student, to end up with a lot of books and nowhere to put them. And I also think that's a sustainable way to read. And that way, of course, don't bin books ever, but maybe like find a way to donate them and things like that and swap books. But I just think it's cool that <clears throat> you can decide whether you like something or not through a library. If you have to read something for university, particularly important for students, they're able to read it in the library and return it and don't have to buy like ridiculous numbers of books because that's very difficult. As a literature student, I did try to do that when I got to fourth year because the bills just rack up really. Um, but from the, obviously everything I'm saying about libraries is from a privileged standpoint because that is my life and that is where my eyes are and I obviously am not going to talk on behalf of other people because that would be wrong and unfair and I don't think that that's cool but anyway I also personally think that libraries are a hub of so much more than we ever give them it's a term than we ever give them credit for and I read this really interesting article recently called why libraries matter funnily enough by the Huff Post, which I'm going to link in our show notes. And they use this really interesting term where they called libraries community hubs. And that's so true. My gosh, like it could not be more true. So libraries, of course, nowadays have computers in them. Obviously, no, you can't really go to a library right now, but hopefully at some point when people can again. There's people from all walks of life in a library. I have seen people who are homeless in libraries going there for warmth. I've seen library staff being kind to all pe all people, which of course everyone should be giving food and coffee to people. That's of course not something they have to do, but to people in there who are cold and things like that and allowing people to use the computers to look for jobs, particularly because I can't imagine how impossible it must be in this day and age to find a job when you're struggling and you don't have a computer and you don't have broadband because I don't think I've ever really found a job and you can't even print off your CV that must be incredibly taxing and challenging in this forever changing world that becomes more and more digital as the days go on so libraries are incredible at being able to help people out to do that and I think that's so cool and so important that they do that it allows children whose families can't afford books to read books it, and that allows for the parents and the kids to have a connection through reading stories together at night just involves people in this new literacy world that they were not so included in before and gives real opportunities for them I'm obviously talking about public libraries and I just think they're so incredible and they do so many things for communities that are so underrated and not talked about enough. And I just think those are some of the really cool things that most libraries do. And I'm sure there's many more. And if you have any cool library stories or like things that libraries do that you think is really cool, like let me know. Tell me in the Instagram post that we just posted. Post it on the forum. Um, comment on our recent blog post. I probably will do a blog post soon about libraries. So comment on that when that's up 
but yeah probably just comment on the Instagram post about this podcast because I love learning more things that cool communities are doing and that libraries are doing for communities and etc etc I just think it's nice it's so sweet and I love the book swapping it's happening right now and the little libraries that are in villages and stuff that are in telephone boxes where people can switch their books and it means you can read new things and learn new things without needing to pay the extortionate amount of money that sometimes you can end up spending on books so credits to libraries big fan and yeah I don't know why I'm talking about that so much but I did want to dabble on that so now I think we're going to hop into I don't know if this episode is going to end up being shorter than usual hopefully not but um just because I don't want to rattle on too much because I want to make this like the introductory to the reading world and then I want to talk about books every week at the book club and also being pretty tired sorry guys <laughs> um I asked for questions on my Instagram though so I think we'll hop into these questions now and we'll talk a little bit about the answers okay so the first question I got well I got kind of two variations of this question so I got asked my favorite all-time books or my all yeah your favorite books of all time or however you want to phrase that Um, and then somebody else asked my top five books so I've just fingered that into one if that makes sense combine that into one question so these are what I have just now to be honest this changes pretty often and this is just off the top of my head so but these are my top five at this current moment in time in my life at this very second so they're not in any particular order though like they're not like first second third fourth fifth like they're just um I just said like I'm so sorry um they're all somewhere in the five but I don't have a particular order for them so number one here is Autumn by Ali Smith I adore this book I think everyone needs to read Ali Smith's work I don't know what it is she just writes so well and I just really connect with all of her books um and I think summer might already be out or it's coming out soon so maybe that will be a future book club one um what else do I have the prime of Miss Jean Brodie by Muriel Spark really big fan of that one uh, of course Matilda by Roald Dahl that will always be in my top five that has a very special place in my heart um Purple Hibiscus by Chimamanda Agozi no sorry Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie um really love her work also really enjoyed Half of a Yellow Sun and then a recent edition which I actually haven't finished but I like it so much already that it's up there it's just so incredibly well written and poignant and important is Your Silence Will Not Protect You by Audrey Lorde which I know you've heard me talk about in this podcast before but I'm still a big fan and we're getting through it yeah so that is my top five books at this current moment in time the next question I got asked was your favorite leisure reads that was an interesting question I really love going back to old books no I don't mean old books like the classics of course in inverted commas but rather 
old books as in like books from when I was younger and books that I enjoyed growing up as they just have that feeling of nostalgia and childhood and I don't know just feel warm and fuzzy they give me a nice heggy moment that's not how you say it probably but you know what I mean um apologies for the pronunciation so I wrote down a couple different ones so honestly anything by Roald Dahl I enjoy reading it any time in my life any leisure moments really enjoy picture books um, particularly one that I've mentioned in a recent podcast was The Last Stop at Market Street really just enjoy children's literature and I think also because I'm interested in the academia behind children's literature and also because I'm about to do my PGD and become a teacher so I think maybe that just connects all the different elements of my life into one nice neat bow um, what else did I write down? Katie Morag, of course. How could I forget about Katie Morag? I also was a massive um, Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants fan as a kid. And those films were everything and those books were everything. And I actually think I'm going to start rereading them. I think they're probably up there in my leisure reads. And then I was sadly a big fan of The Confessions of a Shopaholic and that whole series. Um, but you know what? Own it. Everyone's got guilty pleasures. And that was one of mine. So that's probably, I also really love Lonely Planet books about traveling. I've got a really good one about like epic bike rides around the world or something like that. And I love those. I just find them really interesting in travel books in general. Obviously not ones about, unless I'm going somewhere, but ones that are written by people. Honestly, I really think that Kevin from Grand Designs needs to write a book because I'd really read that. Maybe he has, and maybe I just don't know about it, but I don't think he has. So yeah. Um, one of the other questions I got was books I loved but wouldn't have read without studying English literature. So, of course, we got told books to read every semester. Of course, let's be realistic. Most of us did not read all of them. But I tried my best. In fourth year, I think I did read almost all of them. And then some, obviously, for my dissertation. And I love this question. This is such an interesting question because I actually think there's a lot of books that I never would have discovered without English literature. So I think it just brought me into a whole new world. I find that really interesting. And I want to talk, say quickly that I don't think I ever would have read any of the classics, if you like, without that. And I, but, and I never would have considered it, but I'm not, I don't love them, but I find them an interesting topic of conversation. But we did read one book that was incredible that I'm just remembering the name of right now. And I'm looking it up right now as we speak. I believe it's called The Moonstone. Yeah, it is. Oh, this book was sensational. I hope this is the right book. Yeah, it is. This book was, I don't know, I really enjoyed reading this book. And that's actually probably should be in my top five. But I think I need to read it again. I feel like university reading is kind of a blur. But The Moonstone by Wilkie Collins, incredible book. Absolutely loved that. Never would have read that. Never would have heard about it without, without English literature. I've got a couple other ones written down. Um, Hotel World, that is by Ali Smith, I'm pretty sure. Loved that book, the concept of time and how time works and things like that. It's so interesting. I really want to go back in and start reading all these books that I read, like I studied, read them. Because I think as time <clears throat> sorry as time moves on your views of things like that change and I also find that interesting but I also find it interesting that I might read it a little bit differently now 
now that I have all this knowledge in my head, but I'm not having to analyze it so intensely. But I'm aware, but because I can now analyze without meaning to, which is sometimes, which is both a blessing and a curse, is how I like to think of it. Um, Driver's Seat by Muriel Spark. Honestly, most Muriel Spark, I don't know why I've never read her before. Really like her work. Driver's Seat's really, really good. Um, this one's a little bit random. I don't know if I'd call this um, that I loved, because that's not the right term, but an area of academia which I'm very interested in, very passionate about, is post-colonial studies, um, particularly post-colonial literature and, of course, like the theories behind that. So a book that I've written down is actually a book full of theories. It's like a big, massive textbook, so it's perhaps... Not everyone's cup of tea, but I think it's such an important thing to read and be aware of. And I think they talk about really informative and important things and they could not be more relevant to the world right now. Um, and the book I'm talking about is just called The Post-Colonial Studies Reading. Read, <clears throat> there we go. That was enjoyable for everyone, I'm sure. The Post-Colonial Studies Reader. And I really, really recommend that. I will find a link for that in the show notes. Um, and maybe you can find it at a local bookshop or something. If not, I'll try and find a link to a bookshop that I like or, or that I feel like has decent views. If I can't find it anywhere else, I might just end up Waterstones or something, but try and find it somewhere else if you can, somewhere local. Um, yeah, and then the other thing is I really think that in that there's one particular author, author Sherry, oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Sorry, Sherry Dimeline, Dimeline, not Dimeline. I'm sticking with Dimeline, um, who wrote the Marrow Thieves, which is a really incredible book, and I adore her work. And I just, I feel like my eyes were really opened in Canada when I studied there for so many reasons, and one of the big ones being the Indigenous culture and the world of the indigenous people and the um residential schooling system and things that I had no idea about as a British person which is really quite not even quite is very very troubling very very problematic probably times a lot more various than that because <laughs> we were the settlers so why are we not learning about that history I find that very problem problematic as I've already said and controversial so I really massively benefited maybe more than a lot of other people in that class who were learned about that in school from um, from this class and I actually was honoured enough to meet Sherry Dimeline and I believe my book is also signed by her because um, she did a talk at our university at Ryerson, Rye High um, and I just found it incredibly inspiring and very interesting and I don't think I ever would have discovered her or found her without studying literature and of course without being abroad in Canada. So yeah, that is almost it, but not quite. I did ask a question, one other question to you guys rather than to me because I was just interested to know. So I asked, do you prefer to read on ebooks or physical books? And 90% of people said um, physical books and 10% said ebooks. And I find that so interesting because I think there is this weird kind of controversy between ebooks and physical books, and ebooks are going to get rid of physical books and all these things, which I think is a bit harsh on ebooks personally. But I also do understand where they're coming from in some stages. Um, 
And I suppose now there's audiobooks. And somebody actually messaged me and said audiobooks, in all honesty, um, because it means they can do other things whilst they're reading, which I get. I do like to listen to audiobooks sometimes. Um, I guess for some people it depends on their mood. But for me, I just can't get into an ebook. I really need the physical aspect of a book. I do see the the advantages of an ebook, but I'd love to know more about what your guys, your guys, you, what you all think about that. Um, yeah, ebooks or physical books, and why? Or different ones for different things, and which ones for which times? Or audiobooks? Maybe that's your that's your jazz. That's your your jazz that's your thing um I find it really interesting to learn about and see people's preferences I just really have a thing about the smell this is so weird but like the smell of a book and the physical qualities of book and honestly I did a class called the social life of books in Ryerson which I adored probably more than people should um because it was most people said it'd be quite boring but I found it really really fascinating which was basically about all the different aspects of a book apart from the contents itself so about like binding um type the typeface the font the what else the illustrations the um publishers the all the other different parts that go into it and i find that so so interesting i particularly find um the binding so interesting and it really does blow my mind how somebody takes a stack of paper and some pictures and somehow sews it all together and makes it look all nice maybe paints on the cover and stuff and makes it look like this pristine incredible book and I just I can't get over that we watched a video on binding and other people were falling asleep and I've never been so interested in my life so if you want I could do an episode all about that but I don't know that would be everyone's scene so yeah that about ends the episode for the week I don't know why I keep saying that about this week but I guess that's the thing we're doing this week and that's fine and of course we will end with what I'm reading right now quite obviously what I'm reading right now this week in particular is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delilah is that has been voted as our book of the month. I know August hasn't started but I figured I should get a head start so I can do some research before I have to talk about it for book club. And then we're going to end with our positive news story. I don't know why I did that weird voice, I'm sorry. So the positive news story this week I found on positive.news and this was actually just on one of their ones that's um, what do you call it? One of their like round weekly roundup ones, and I found this. I thought it was really cool. So they find they have discovered, or they have said that meditation is linked to better physical health, which I think we all kind of knew, but it's been med- it's been scientifically proven now, which is super super cool. Um, so basically, this guy, this doctor, Chaya Crip. Pritana Wong, maybe, admitted his survey of 61,000 participants was observational and that further clinical trials were needed. However, he said the reduction in stress experienced during meditation 
could partially explain the results. So that means that there is some evidence to support that meditation is a great way of managing stress and anxiety. And actually something I really want to get into, and I'm hoping that we do an episode soon all about meditation and yoga and the yoga world. I don't know enough about it to talk about it myself. But yeah, um, so that was this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to stay tuned for our new episodes of Small Talks, Small Talks, of Small Talk every Wednesday and of course of this this show every Thursday. Um, thanks for listening. Have a good week. See you later.